Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the LYFoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to The Conversation, a LYF podcast series where we provide our insights, thoughts, and experiences on self-love exploration. My name is Ayla, Growth and Development Coordinator for the Love Yourself Foundation. And my name is JR, Technology Coordinator and Board Member for the Love Yourself Foundation. Ayla, what's up? Whoa! Episode 2 of Season 3. We are here and we're also in a new studio yeah new environment casa de la ayla yes so thank you for allowing me to grace your home change uh, the scenery it's nice get the ideas flowing yeah see what's up we're over here on our couch right now with two cats roaming around it's actually a nice little environment an exciting here. little episode yeah <laughs> <laughs> today jr we're talking about reclaiming our mind. Now, if you didn't hear the first episode, we do highly not only encourage, but almost require you to hear the first episode of this season. That episode is what we're building off every episode. So if you're going to skip one, make sure it's not that first one. Not the first one. It's very important. It's the building blocks of the whole entire season. Definitely give the first one a listen, work through the workbook that we ended up doing. And actually, we're going to be talking about the conclusion of that workbook today to round it all out. Yeah. So in that first episode, we basically set the foundation of a self-assessment, basically where we're at, what we want out of our life, really. And we did that through the desire map, through discovering our core desire feelings. Now, outside of the episode, JR and I said we would complete that task. JR, you completed the task. I did. Surprise, surprise, right? I know. I'm so <laughs> proud of us. Usually it is not that great. We don't have to talk. We don't have to get into it. <laughs> but basically the outcome is that you discover three to five core desire feelings that you are going to build upon throughout the season and basically adjust your goals and your life to those things. So JR, if you want to start, what did you end up picking? Yeah. So at the end, it asked to pick three to five, maybe seven if you're feeling a little lucky. Since we ended up doing a bridged version of the workbook, I ended up picking up three, three desired feelings. And those desired feelings of safety, success, and acceptance. Those were the words that were popping out when we were doing that exercise as well. So I felt like those were fitting. For safe or safety, the things that describe that for me is financial freedom, a roof over my head, 
a job or career security, reliability of some kind, the idea of just having a full night's rest and not having to wake up in the middle because I'm afraid of or scared of something that's happening, and just being taken care of, not only just for myself, but others that are around me as well. A success is more about owning, not borrowing, not having debt of any kind, and not having to owe somebody something for me to own my own thing looks like success for me taking care of family and friends of course living my life not someone else's life Love that. and the more descriptive way of describing it is having a big smile at the end and by wow. the end i mean you know at the end period <laughs> <laughs> so having a big smile on my face knowing that i did everything that i wanted to do and i'm content with my life wow. that was success and the last one is acceptance being loved by those that matter making long lasting impact within a community as well is very important to me and feeling accepted in that and i had in quotes status but what i mean by that is being in the type of environment that allows me to excel allows me to be in the forefront of what's going on and being accepted as that not being looked at as and i use my job as an example since i basically grew up there started when i was 17 yeah i don't want people to look at me like i'm a kid anymore i want people to look at me as a peer as professional as somebody that quote unquote has that status of this person went up the ranks and now they're at x level whatever it may be that to me feels like acceptance wow and did you have any revelations or how are you feeling about these core desired feelings i also wrote that down when i was writing look at uh, you i know we're gonna get into the writing thing in the in this episode but i'll save that for later but i ended up writing that they're not very sexy words I will say that. Okay. I feel like I, if I had more time to do the exercise and actually went through it the, in its entirety, that I think the words might be a little bit different. You but, should. But yeah, it is what it is. I still like the words that I chose. I think that there could be more impactful ways of describing what those core feelings are, but um, I'll take them for what they are. My challenge to you is before next episode to do the full challenge. I went through the other ones that we didn't do because I think it's in. This is a good point as to why we want you who's listening to listen to that first episode because you really want to have that good foundation. And if you're already saying, I think that there could be more. Mm -hmm. I want you to explore that. Yeah, you you can do that. I think I can. I think I can. What about you? So I explored all sections of the desire map. I did it last minute but I still pretty much did all of the steps and explored what I was most drawn to and what felt the most natural to me because I definitely chose a lot of words yeah <laughs> and when I look back at them I was like yes they were significant in the paragraph we wrote but they weren't significant beyond that right. it's not what I want to pick as like my core so the ones that I got to I picked four which I think is impressive of doing yeah. doing all of them the first one is unbounded and as we talked about last episode that really stood out to me for some reason and I think the concept of not feeling restricted only by myself but by society but what other people's expectations are that's something that I really discovered is important to me and that's something that I, I always want to feel like I'm not in that restriction and I have right. the freedom to be myself the next one <laughs> Maybe not something I'm proud of, but it is authentic. Okay, it's honest. But the core desire feeling is to feel like the wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's what's up. Uh, yeah, really interesting. Let me try to find the paper to describe why I chose that specifically. Because I think that'll help. So yeah. I said living feels like life can't keep up with you. And everything works out. It looks like an adventure, like laughter, success, wealth. It sounds like a party, like confidence. If 
my life would look like the Wolf of Wall Street. I would feel like I'm successful and I'm fruitful in my endeavors and that I approach each day as my own to conquer. Wow. And so not necessarily like the fraud component of it. I was about to say, that's why I was like, okay, she has to explain this a little bit. <laughs> yes. I guess that that was just the best way I could explain like the, in the entirety of just approaching, this is my day to conquer. And every day I can approach with that sort of mindset of how do I make it my own and not feel like life is getting ahead of me, but yeah. I'm ahead of it. Awesome. Yeah. That makes sense, right? Yeah. I think that was one of the things that we discovered doing the, I think this is one of the things that we discovered doing the exercise is that being as descriptive as possible to describe what this feeling is and what it feels like is really important telling to that movie (laughs) i think a lot of people who have seen it will realize oh yeah i know exactly what that feels like yeah or would want to want to yes (laughs) yes the next word is flourish or flourishing i just want to feel almost like you were saying like that you're in an environment that really supports your strengths and you feel like you're utilizing like who you are and what you're good at in everything that you do. And I just think that that when you're in that flow, that state of being, it's amazing. And that's obviously the goal in life is to find that thing that you're good at. And that's definitely that something not only in work wise, but in hobbies and what I'm spending my time doing, I just want to feel like I'm flourishing, which also is not something I would have like thought of on the top of my head, which is amazing. And the last one is virtuous, which I also don't know if I would have pinpointed, but I realized that I don't only want to feel like I have a good life. I want to feel like I'm a good person as well. And that was really an awakening for me, too, because I think we always think about all these things of what we want our life to look like. But I always come back to what I want to feel internally. And that's where virtuous comes from. I really want to be confident in what I'm doing and how I'm treating others and all my decisions and beliefs. Yeah. That's amazing. I think that's really cool because I know that we were talking last episode that you were feeling like you were going to go back and choose different words that you had initially thought in your head. And for these to come out and to be as impactful and powerful, I think it's amazing that you came up with that. And now that you have this in front of you and you had mentioned of just not thinking that you would pick these words, how does that make you feel? It definitely feels like I have a good framework i want to probably create some sort of graphic or something out of it and write out the entire description of the activity with how we describe the words and stuff like that and post it for me to remind myself of because as we experienced and as i hope the listener who partook in the activity Mm -hmm. experienced there was something just so like empowering to discover that and feel like you're in control to get there and i want to keep that motivation as we continue throughout the season and beyond of course this is very exciting stuff i hope that everybody who listened to the first episode went through it as well and also let us know what words that you chose what they meant to you and reach out to us and let us know because we would love to mention that on the next episode possibly yeah that'd be amazing and that brings us to today's episode so we're talking about reclaiming your mind and i just want us to go over maybe a little one minute spiel about why we think that this is important And why we think it's important this early in the Mm -hmm. process. Yeah, for me, I think reclaiming your mind is really important in the sense that our minds can drift away, especially in the day and age that we live in right now, where it's social media, technology, what have you. It's very easy for our minds to get away from us. And I think it's important to reclaim that power that is your mind and to use your mind to the best of its ability 
towards things that either progress you as a person, your environment, your society, community, whatever it may be, because that's going to give, bring that greater good, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. I think that a lot of times when we set these goals or think about who we'd like to be, where we'd like to be, our brain gets really excited and then when it comes to the execution it tells us all the reasons why it's actually not easy why we can't do it why it's impossible and the reason why I want this to be the first step after that evaluation is because as long as you have this episode and you can take into account how to combat that you can move past those obstacles that you're causing for yourself and I think that lately that has been something that's so important to me and I'll get into that later in the episode but I'm excited to talk about all the different ways to really challenge your thoughts and make sure that you're really preparing yourself for success. I'm excited to get into it as well. I feel as time has moved on, I'm using less and less of my brain. Anything that I can do, any tips that we can put out there to make that make that change, I think is going to be important. So do you want to just do a little popcorn style? We go back and forth? Yeah. Or do you want to do this? Yeah, let's do it. I came up with a few different things that I wanted to just talk over not going to be an activity this episode, but rather just going over what we found in research and maybe even own experiences, seeing what goes on. The first few things is that I kind of want to go over is a couple definitions that I thought were interesting and something to really take into consideration as you're going about your days and feeling like unmotivated or like you're finding reasons that it's just not going to work out. So the first thing I'll do this whole section here, just for four kind of concepts. It's confirmation bias, and it's that your brain is actively seeking things that prove you right and ignoring things that prove you wrong. Mm. So if your brain is like, I know that this is where you want to go, but X, Y, Z, this isn't going to work. This is why. And as you're going about your day, you'll find reasons why you're right, and you'll make it right. Kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And for this, I was thinking like to be mindful that your brain is doing that, because obviously that's the process that we go through. But for me... I try to challenge and stop myself and be like, okay, I know that I'm just finding reasons for it to be right. And I try to challenge myself and say, can I find reasons for the other thing as well? And if you sit there and think about it, you can find reasons that you're wrong and be like, yeah, that's possible. But also on the flip side, it's also possible for the reverse. Yeah. I think that's an interesting thing too, because it's your mind is slightly playing tricks on you, but you're also setting yourself up to the idea that you want to convince your mind that this is supposed to be this or that you don't want to do that. So it's interesting to even have the kind of that internal battle within your own mind of really trying to make reason and trying to make sense of certain things without you putting too much emotion into something. Definitely. And I think in knowing this to reclaim your mind, you can use that trick against it and do those affirmations and reminding yourself every day, this is what I'm going for, so that your brain looks for reasons that you can achieve that. It's obviously going to take challenging those thoughts initially, but you can eventually get to a place where you're like, no, I know that I'm right because of how things have played out. Yeah. But yeah, it's just interesting to be putting it in that kind of context too, of just trying to understand there are ways to mitigate that there's ways to get over that so having those tools that are available to you to get over that hurdle i think is really important 
The next thing is called fundamental attribution error, which is a big <laughs> word. Oh, hello. It's something we learn in psychology <laughs> in many classes, actually. <laughs> but it's basically the concept that when we fail, it's our environment that is causing us to fail. So if we get a bad grade on a test, then the classroom was too noisy when we were taking the test. And we were bothered when we were studying. And so it's not our fault. It's what something happened else. to us. Yeah. But when other people fail, we blame them. We say, oh, they didn't study enough. They weren't smart enough. They weren't able to do it. We don't blame the circumstances for other people. Right. And um, when you think about that, you're like, wow, I do that. I definitely a, do that. Maybe a little bit too <laughs> o- more often than I w- would like to admit. But yeah. The reason we do it is because we want to protect ourselves. We never want to say it's our fault. However, I think that gives up control. When you say that you're like, it, it's not you, it's your environment. You're saying that the outcome is subject to your environment. And we never want to be in a position where we have to like to come to what our environment is setting up for us because we never know what life's going to give us. And so I think knowing like where we're placing the blame, I also want to work on combating that for myself and reminding myself, despite those things though, I could have done something different. What could I have done different? Do you feel like there can also be an extreme to that as well, where you constantly blame yourself for things that are happening and not doing this type of thing where you're blaming other people or blaming the environment can there be that extreme where you are constantly blaming yourself and is that I guess detrimental to your mind as well I think that when it comes to like self-blame and negativity focus I think that there's not as much logic to it and I think it's more of a focus on like why are you placing so much blame on yourself and is there basis to that because obviously if you are to blame like you should accept that but not and that's where the compassion comes in and we'll talk about that later this season and how to really build that in yourself but knowing when you are to blame but also knowing like how much more could you have done yeah and also in acknowledging that you were to blame, you're still in control because you know exactly what you need to do differently. So I think it's establishing that blame, but not taking it so harsh that you think that you've failed or you're incapable now because of it. Right. I think you hit it on the head too, just knowing the difference between acceptance of blame in the sense of it's going to get you into the next whatever it is and you understand that and understand how to get out of that versus you blaming yourself and staying in that blame which is never positive situation which i think our brain wants us to do when we're setting these goals that require a lot of growth and stepping out of the comfort zone we're like oh you're not good enough you're not able you're not smart enough you're not whatever Mm -hmm. and we want to sit in that and be like wow am i right and that's where it comes back to challenging your thoughts and i have a couple things i want to talk about later we'll go back and forth of course of ways to combat your thoughts because I think that's something that I definitely fall to the most is having just a lot of anxiety or like revolving around those risks that you take when you're trying to grow and my brain logically wants to be like okay but look at the actual data and I'm like my brain's basically saying it's not going to happen and it's taken me a while to get to a place where I'm like okay but what if it did happen (laughs) and I'll talk about the different things that I do as well but I just wanted to talk about that I thought that was interesting yeah and I totally relate to that as well and have just recently acknowledged that within myself of understanding like the idea of just putting too much emphasis on me not believing in myself to do a certain thing or be in a certain role or whatever that may be and really just 
turning that on its head and just really going after it in the sense of just really accepting the fact that yes you can do this yes you can be this so let's do this has really changed the outlook for me right now yeah and that's amazing the last thing i want to go over is the availability heuristic Again, big words here. It's basically that when we judge something, we're using the most accessible or available information, which is not necessarily the most accurate information, which basically means that when something comes about, your brain is going to find the quickest answer to whatever it is. So your automatic response, when people say your first response is your most likely correct one, not, Sometimes not. <laughs> no, <laughs> not in relation uh-uh. to your thoughts, just about who you are and what you're capable of but I I wanted to point this one out in specific because this is why I think it's so important that you surround yourself not only with other people that are driven and goal-oriented like you but that's the kind of media you follow that's the podcast that you listen to that's the shows you watch that's the kind of empowerment you surround yourself with because then you're training your brain to make that inspiring or motivational material the easiest accessible material so that way when you do have those judgments when your brain looks for a reason, the first reason is that you can do it. And for me, I definitely want to adjust a few things in my life to better support that. I like how you mentioned that and just really understanding to, to dive a little bit deeper instead of having it so surface level when decisions need to be made or thoughts need to be understood or whatever it may be. To really just take the time to settle into it, get some more information, then make your determination instead of just that knee-jerk reaction of this or that. I think, I don't know if the same applies to that terminology of gut feeling, but it's just that. It's just taking the time that you need in order to really understand whatever the situation is. Yeah. Let's hear about what you found. So I ended up finding some tips on how to reclaim your brain love that let's hear it so a couple of them that are on here one is turn off all notifications and the fact that you need to really not have these distractions that are happening around you and we all know that these notifications are coming up all the time whether it be on your phone laptop whatever that turning them off will allow your brain to just calm down for a second another one is check email or social media only when you need to which is definitely a problem of mine that I've been experiencing as of late because what ends up happening is I wake up in the morning, grab the phone, and I'm on my email, my social media, whatever the case may be, and then 30 minutes has gone by already and I haven't even got out of bed. So allowing your brain to just only check these things if you need to allows you that space between technology and social media to just give your mind that little relaxation that it needs. I think a good way to put it is that Like you're unnecessarily filling your brain with all these things and that can increase stress. It can increase anxiety and it takes away from what you can focus on that actually matters to you. So I actually really like that and I definitely need to turn off notifications. I used to do that a lot. Actually, that was something that I learned long ago and I think I had it to only like text and call to Mm -hmm. notify me. Um, But as I downloaded more apps and different things, I didn't turn those off. So I'll definitely be doing that. Yeah, if I could suggest anything to everybody who's listening is um, at least on the iPhone, there's definitely those focus settings that you can put on. I know you're always on that. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I've heard this from multiple people. They're like, you're always on do not disturb. I'm like, there's a reason for that. So I have mine set for work. There's a work focus that turns on automatically at 8 o'clock a.m. As soon as I walk through the door. And it doesn't turn off until 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And that allows me the time to just not have to reach for my phone constantly every time I see a ding or a notification that's on there. It allows me to focus on what it is I need to focus on 
and then I can get to that stuff later. So that could help. Yeah. What's the next tip? Read on a regular basis, more than just a couple minutes. Usually something physical, a physical book, magazine, if you have an ebook reader, something like that. that What's something non-physical that you would read? Something like on your phone, I guess. Audiobook you can still do as well. I would say non-physical or something that is physical, obviously the book magazine. Something that's non-physical, I would say, is like on your phone primarily because in my mind, if you're on your phone trying to read something... You can get distracted. You can get distracted. Okay. So Just had to clear that up. Yeah. <laughs> and I've noticed that doing the, the workout challenge that I've been doing with a couple friends, one of the goals that's on there is to read... 10 minutes every day since i've done that i've read two books already and we've only been doing it maybe four weeks five weeks something like that so 10 minutes a day just reading something that allows me to focus my efforts into what it is that's in front of me and not being like you said distracted with all these other things that are around but it also helps your mind kind of build reps i guess you can say because you're reading something you're actually reading verbiage you are thinking trying to think if there's definitions or some or words that you don't know, you can actively read as well and looking up the definitions or making notes if you want to as well, which one of the other tips is to write things out also because it provides that kind of instant feedback of you doing something physically that your mind needs to really focus Get on. Out. Yeah, okay. So just these kind of tips really can help you reclaim your brain in the sense of, not letting your brain go off on it, but really just regaining that focus and trying to make sure that your brain is operating and doing what it's supposed to do in the most positive sense possible. Yeah, and not just letting your brain wander or continuing with all of the chaos that goes around <laughs> right, and finding yeah. a way to kind of refocus, re-put that your control in, not only in controlling the negative ideas, but just control in general. I think that's really good. Yeah. So it's all just about exercising your mind uh, the best that it can. Some other tips that are on here, listen to audiobooks. Obviously we mentioned and podcasts is a part of that as well. You're just educating yourself, which is always a great thing. Allows your mind to gain new knowledge and new perspective too. I think it's important to understand also that, um, Social media and news can really give you a one-sided look on things that if you can surround yourself by things that are a little bit more educational, I guess you could say, it can really strengthen your brain and reclaim it in that sense. And a few other things, meditation is always a good thing. It allows you the ability to focus, to learn, to reduce anxiety, which is also another thing can really wreck your brain a little bit. Big advocate for that. Yes. And lastly, something that you can attest to run or exercise because being active means healthy body, healthy mind. So with that one in particular, do you feel like your brain is operating better since exercising? Do you feel like your mind is also healthy or healthier than it was before? Yes. There's, I was actually just talking to a coworker about this. There's so much research and this is what I did my thesis proposal on. So much research behind the connection between exercise and like rates of depression and stuff like that showing that people that exercise have a better life satisfaction and why is that and all these things so you release more endorphins when you exercise and it recenters you and so in my own experience something that i really really love is yoga because you get exercise and meditation in one activity and so for people to save as much time as sure, possible yeah. or just don't spend as much time on themselves as they should that's an activity where you can really recenter your mind and your body at the same time what i've noticed is that if i'm stressed i just feel 
like things are chaotic or maybe I don't feel excited even mm-hmm. about the day after I exercise you just feel more empowered you feel almost on top of the world but after I've never left the gym or left an exercise feeling man I feel worse and I think that there's something attesting like something yeah. to test for that yeah there's got to be a correlation between exercise and how you feel internally really but yeah those are some of the tips that I ended up finding well that. perfect we can go back to a few things that I found one is I found that your brain apparently has a tendency to focus on the short term, which we obviously know, which is why we get so distracted by notifications, why my generation's attention span is like three seconds. We want short-term satisfaction. So however we can get the most pleasure immediately, we're not a country typically that prepares in the long term. And it says that in knowing that now, use this to your advantage by setting short-term goals. And I feel like always when you're goal setting, it's always a in three months, yeah. in one year, in six months, eventually. But I never think of this week my goal is. Right. Or today my goal is. But it actually says that in setting shorter goals, you cater more to what your brain wants to do. And the, that's the short term things. Yeah. And having those rewards for the short term things as well. If this week I do a workout three days a week, then my reward is this. Yeah. I just thought that was an interesting concept and something that I want to play around with. And when we get to the goal setting episode, probably will be something I try to work in and see just how it plays out, yeah. at least for me. I will say that since doing the 75 hard challenge for the past three, four or five weeks now, setting those goals and having to attain them every single day definitely has changed things for me in the sense of understanding the importance of setting those goals and achieving them which is really important it has allowed me to develop my day around those goals and also has attributed to new and better habits for me that allows me to set that foundation for not only just the day but the week the month whatever it may be and i know this is going to be for 75 days but and it's definitely turned into something where I just think this is going to turn into an everyday kind of thing. And So you can attest to it. Yeah. That's great. And it, may, and it is rewarding. There might not be a physical or tangible reward at, at the end of every day, but it's just a sense that you accomplish something. And I think that is really one of the wonderful things about it. And we've talked about that before as well, to say that you've done something. I think um, the example that we gave was setting, making your bed in the morning. That's the first thing that you do. You feel accomplished already. You already feel like you can accomplish something else after that. Now, do I do that? Maybe not. I'm trying, though. Yeah. I'm getting there. We're working through it. Hey, that's what it's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> the next thing that I have is Katie Byron's The Work. So that's what it's called, the work. Shout out, Katie. Shout out, Katie. (laughs) Basically, it's how to challenge thoughts that you have that are negative. And you run through these four questions, which I've been using and has been really helpful because I definitely struggle with chronic anxiety and finding reasons why anything could go wrong ever. (laughs) (laughs) Someone changes their tone and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's over. (laughs) Everything's over. It's over, done. And because there's not usually... much logic to that base just finding the worst possible outcome of something i've gone back to this and it's super helpful to remind yourself is there really a basis for that that you need to not put so much effort and energy into something that is the worst possible outcome so the four questions are is it true which seems like a very simple one (laughs) (laughs) you figured that Um, would just solve everything yes and You may say, yeah, it's true. Obviously, that's why I'm thinking it. That's why I'm stressed about it. The next question is, can you be absolutely sure and know it's true? 
And I think that that question is what gets (laughs) me because you're like, yeah, this is true. Like I can tell based on what's happened and how they've communicated with me. Obviously I'm feeling this way for a reason, but being like, can I be absolutely sure? And the answer is no. Like you're creating that. So you're not absolutely sure. You're creating that. And it forces you to think about, is there a possibility that it's not? Even though you're finding reasons, you're not 100%. And that, that piece of it is so helpful, at least for me, to be like, okay, there's some redeeming something here. (laughs) I can calm down (laughs) until I know. Yeah, the absolute in that phrasing is the kicker, really, of just real. Are you really sure? I know you said you were sure before, but are you absolutely sure? And then at that point, it's just like, Mm, all right. Maybe not 100%. I was sure, but not like 100% sure. The third question is, how do you react when you believe it? And I thought that was interesting because a lot of times we talk about negative thoughts and get rid of them, focus back on the positive. And I like this question because it allows you to feel it and understand why. How do you react when you believe it? So what emotions are you experiencing out of this thing? And when we come back to our core desire to feelings here, it's important to know that when we're getting anxious or when we're having these bad thoughts, what we're feeling in that moment and seeing if they contradict those core feelings or almost like an example of why it means so much to you. It's mm-hmm. telling you like, wow, I didn't realize how important this was in, was to me. And that's why I'm reacting this way is because there's just instability or uncertainty around this subject. Yeah. And that's what I was going to mention, too, is it, there is a reason why you need to listen to episode one is because that is basically what we ended up going through with that exercise is like, taking these feelings and understanding as best as you can how it feels, how it looks like, what it sounds like, that kind of thing, that it's important to really analyze what it is that you're feeling and see if it's actually what it is. And the exercises we did in that past episode really attested that. So I think that, again, it's important to listen to that and do it. I think importantly, too, knowing what you want to feel. Mm -hmm. So if we have that basis of this is what we're trying to achieve, We can identify anything that's not that. And that's a really crucial step so that there's no ambiguity. There's nothing unclear. Like we know what we need to feel. And that's something that's really achievable. We can pinpoint those things. All you got to do is the activity. You don't got to wait it or go to the gym five days a week. Like you can do the activity and that's setting you up for success in itself. Yeah. So the last question here is who would you be without the thought? Oh, yeah. Which is also really interesting because oftentimes for me, I'm like, I would be happy (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I can let it go. You know what I mean? It's not something that is necessary. And a lot of times for me with my anxiety is I realize that if it is that way, then me thinking about it now isn't going to change that. So I might as well accept that I don't know that to be true and just be happy with what I know in the present moment and allow myself to be happy without that thought until it actually is a present moment thing. Obviously, we wouldn't think about that normally. It's hard to come up with the words because it just it is that kind of astounding to me to be putting it in that sense because there have been multiple times where I would have these anxious thoughts and completely negate reality and just think that whatever is happening in my head is what's going to happen. That if I really just took these steps to slow things down and actually ask me, is it true? Or is it absolutely true? How does it make you feel? Or how does it make you feel if it wasn't? I think taking those steps can 
end up reducing that anxiety feeling and make you have a clearer mind into certain scenarios or let you know you can choose that happiness right that leads us to the final thing here which is also something exciting but along similar lines this is by jeffrey schwartz try to get credit here and it is called brain lock oh but basically it's how to reframe mindfulness now we have an episode on mindfulness way back i definitely Mm -hmm. recommend listening to all the episodes but basically it's a like a hyper consciousness of what you're experiencing and the experience of the world around you and just recentering to know how you're feeling what's going on taking a step back almost so the first step is relabel and it says to become aware of and identify deceptive brain messages or uncomfortable sensations so we want to one identify when we're experiencing those things when we're having those negative thoughts when what is bringing that about for us and how do we identify them first step of establishing what we need to do to move forward yeah to give it a label is to be able to say i know what it is and that's really empowering so that's the first step okay Next is reframe. So change your perception of the importance of this message. Now, my brain always tells me this is the most important thing in the world and you need to pay all attention to this and wreck your entire day. (laughs) Which I'm pretty sure a lot of people can relate to. (laughs) Which obviously things don't need to be that important. And I've been really learning and trying to recenter myself in that way to say, is this really so important that it needs to be blown up to that Hmm. degree? And Can you give an example? I think what comes to mind a lot is relationships. Okay. So my thought, my anxiety thought will be, do they feel this way? Do Are they in the same place? That kind of thing. Like the person won't prompt it. Yeah. <laughs> my brain will just be like, okay, but you didn't think about that, did you? <laughs> and so I'll get to this step and I'll be like, okay, like how important is this message? Obviously it matters. And that's where we talked about in the previous sure. step of saying, how do you react when you believe it? Obviously I'm feeling that way for a reason. How important is it if the person never caused anything, right? Mm-hmm. We telling myself that yes it's a concern on my end but do i need to like make it this whole big thing and involve them and change all these things when i'm creating the problem yeah you're putting the obstacles in your own head yes whether or not it's actually happening in reality but you are putting so much emphasis on it that it feels like it is reality I think these steps to help you identify what things are important to move forward with, because obviously when you're anxious, for me, it's more often than it should be. But there are times when that's prompted in a like realistic and helpful way to tell you that there needs to be change. And so this step helps me decipher which one it is. The next step is refocus. So focus your attention in the moment and in the direction you want to go and consciously be constructive, which I think is really interesting to say, okay, bring me back to where I am right now in this present moment. What am I doing? What am I wanting to do with this emotion, with this thought? Do I want to sit with it a little bit more? Do I want to think about if a change is necessary? If I've felt this way for a long time, if this is something new, what caused this? Or am I just playing games and can I let it go? And do I want to move forward and allow myself to be happy without the thought? And I like how it says consciously be constructive and to consciously tell yourself you're wrong yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) which is so hard to do of course we don't like you said earlier we don't want to be wrong we'll blame our environment we'll blame other people we don't want to blame ourselves i think that having that phrased in, in, in that certain way just allows you to be kind to yourself and 
but also at the same time being honest with yourself as well, because I think that's one of the more important things when you are trying to relabel, refine and refocus is be kind to yourself when you're doing this, but also understand what the reality or what the real situation is and restructure your mind and trying to evaluate all that. So I think that's really important. I like to think of it almost like a part of yourself that has that negativity. You can assign it a character or whatever you want to do. I feel like mine's like a mole rat. Uh, Imagine him like sitting in a chair. (laughs) (laughs) I can see it. Sitting Um, down, just got the face on him. And when I'm being constructive, I'm like constantly minimizing that part of myself. So I'm not like being down on myself. I'm being down on that part of myself that has those beliefs and allowing the other parts of myself to flourish. I like that. You see what I'm doing there? I like that. Yeah, I saw that. Through that. And I think that's what they mean by being constructive in a way that's not self-deprecating. Yeah. And obviously, I've talked about this before, just self-deprecating tendencies, self-deprecating humor is something that I am very comfortable with, which is not a positive sense for what I deal with in the kind of day-to-day of accepting myself and accepting the things that I do that not just until recently I've been feeling like not doing that is a positive thing you know who would have thought that (laughs) not being self-deprecating can actually make you progress as a human being I think taking those ideas and really just being kind to yourself like I was said before but also assessing the reality of the situation what what is really happening because now it's gotten to the point where I'm really just understanding what I'm capable of and not feeling like I'm being cocky about it even though my mind for many years made me believe that that's what it was that would then tone me down not show myself out whatever it may be that now I'm actually understanding that, no, it's okay. I've relabeled this. I can refocus what my efforts are in this and really be okay with moving forward and knowing that, yeah, I can do this. I can be there. I can be this person. So let's do it. And that brings us to the last point here, which is revalue. Reassess if your original thought has value. And after all these steps, sometimes you can be like, no. Yeah. Not in the way that I want value to be included in my life. And again, why the first episode is so important, because you can really know for sure what it is you are wanting to feel and see if the other things in your life are being valuable to achieving that or not. All really great steps. And hopefully those that are listening, this allows you to reclaim your brain and really use these tips, these solutions in order to strengthen that as you move forward. Yeah, definitely not an activity this episode, but a lot of work on your own to think about when are the instances that you go through those things and what are you stopping yourself from achieving because of it? And I hope that you got a few different tips, ideas, ways that you can think about it differently and hopefully help you move through those obstacles yeah what actually does allow you to reclaim your brain is quotes so i think this might be the section to do that ailey you want to go first yes (laughs) so my quote is the pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity the optimist sees opportunity in every difficulty from winston churchill whoa that's such a good quote Yes, and I think it really demonstrates how to readjust how your brain thinks about things because if you're constantly looking for negativity and what's happening, you'll find that. But you can also find opportunities in the things that happen to you and not let challenges end things for you, but rather see it as a way to grow even more and finding the opportunity and what that offers you. That's beautiful. I love that. What do you got for us? My quote is, 
Everyone Should Have Their Mind Blown Once a Day by Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think that that actually goes back to some of the tips that we were talking about earlier as well, of just allowing your mind to explore, allowing your mind to, to be educated, because you never know what the day will bring. And there's always an opportunity to learn something new, to experience something new, to be taught something new that you should allow your mind to be blown once a day, because I think that also can contribute to curiosity allows you to see something in a different light that makes you think a little bit more. I think everybody should have their mind blown once a day. goes back to my Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, my mind was know. blown today when, I, <laughs> when I, you said that. So thank you. Find a way to make every day just the best day and the world is your oyster. I think uh, that's always so important. Yeah. And I think that brings us to the end of this episode. I definitely hope you enjoyed and you're continuing to feel empowered and motivated and building upon what we're doing each week as we move forward, achieving and finding your own happiness. And with that, we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and what reclaiming your brain means to you. Also, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. Thank you for listening to the conversation. And until next time, love yourself, love one another, and love this planet we call home. 